the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. You know, as I think about this program, we've been on over a year now, and uh, this program really is about uh, sharing people's lives, sharing their, their hearts for ministry, and it also really is sharing about the faithfulness of God. You know, my life verse is from Psalms 37, verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And I always say that the first 40 years of my life, I really focused on my faithfulness to God. But the last 40 years, I want to focus on his faithfulness to me because that really is the important thing as we think about it. Certainly, the Lord wants us to be faithful towards him, but really the focus of our lives really should be on his faithfulness to us. And that's why I love this program so much is that we have an opportunity on this program to, to share the stories of people who have come to know Jesus and his love and understand God's faithfulness. You know, when we think about God's faithfulness, we think about um, his character, because that is part of his character is that he is faithful. And getting to know God's character, there's really kind of three things. And one is to study his word. We get to know his character through his word. And then reviewing his work in our lives is really an understanding of his faithfulness and then learning to follow his voice. And out of those three aspects of, of, of learning the faithfulness of God, I like to emphasize in this program uh, the story of how we have come to know him. Well, I have a special guest today. Her name is Janelle Martin. She's uh, part of the pastoral team at uh, Seattle Foursquare Church. It's a church that I used to attend before I moved back up north, and my son attends there now. And uh, Janelle, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you, Chuck. It's so good to be with you. Yeah, well, we like to hear the story of how uh, uh, people came to faith. And, um, you know, it's, it's when we ask somebody to tell a story, we always like to start at the beginning. So did you grow up in this area? Yeah, I am born and raised in Tacoma, Washington. Uh-huh. So I am truly a Northwest girl, uh-huh. always lived in the Northwest. Yeah. And uh, my family has always been from the Tacoma area. And, um, yeah, so I grew up in a single uh, single family home, meaning just with my mom and brother. I have one sibling who actually has Down syndrome, still lives with my mom. Um, and I think that gave me a unique perspective on life, just having a sibling who had disabilities. I think at a young age I had a real compassion for people who were different, mm-hmm. who weren't like me. Um, I'm you know, there are times I think back like, Lord, why is that? Why why did we have that in our family? But I think the most important thing is that what it 
what it did in my life. I think I just have that compassion, that being able to say, it's okay, they're different, and teaching my children that Mm -hmm. today too. So growing up with a single mom, um, my parents separated and divorced when I was young, and that caused my mom to go back to the Lord. Um, She had met Jesus as a teenager but had gone away. So as I, um, as she turned to the Lord, then, of course, my brother and I were in church, mm-hmm. and I met the Lord as a young one, just four or five years old, asking Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Hmm. Now, your, your brother with, with Down syndrome, is, is he younger brother? Yeah, we're just 20 months apart, uh-huh. so he is younger, uh-huh. but um, obviously, you know, he's a 39-year-old um, man, right. but kind of like a teenager. <laughs> right. Well, I've met your brother. Yeah. And he's a very kind yes. person. And uh, Very uh, much so. And he, too, loves the Lord. And uh-huh. he has a gift with people. People just love my brother. Always ask me, you know, oh, how's Jim doing? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so. Do you think that the that the mindset has changed a little bit? I know my wife, uh, and I forget the name of the program that's on TLC about the Down Syndrome kids um, that, that are on there. Uh, I say kids, they're young adults and some of the struggles that they've gone through. But it's been fascinating to watch uh, kind of the mainstream uh, embrace of uh, people with Down syndrome, yet there's the other side where there's uh, uh, just this issue of being selective as far as as pregnancies are concerned, where, where they, you know, they dispose of Down syndrome kids. Yeah. You know, my mom is a nurse, actually has had a whole career at Tacoma General Hospital, is getting ready to retire this mm-hmm. January 1st, but has been in nursing for a long time and, and working with babies and labor and delivery. And she would say less and less would we see kids who have Down syndrome just being mm-hmm. in the hospital. And, and really what sadness that is, um, you know, we have some past, pastor friends in the Foursquare Church up north from us, and they had baby number six who ended up having Down syndrome. And obviously it was devastating news to them at first, but even to hear their story to say, you know, this is baby number six, but the value of life, you know, and what this girl has meant to their family. And, um, you know, life is special. Life, no matter what it looks like. God can use that life. And I just look back and think back how many times my brother's life has been used to reach people who maybe would be against, you know, would want would want to say that life isn't worthy, isn't worthwhile. But yet I think people meeting my brother with all his imperfections because mm-hmm. he has them just right. like you and I, Chuck. Right. But um, he truly has something to give. All of us, you know, when God breathes life into us, it's because it's for a purpose. He gives us a calling while we're here on earth. And um, he, my brother has that. And I yeah. believe it's to love people, to reach people. Well, I think all, what I've seen, and, and I haven't been around that many Downs uh, kids, but um, it seems like there's a simplicity and a, and a vulnerability in their mm-hmm. lives that kind of opens other people up too, isn't there? It's true. It's true. And I think they'll just love anyone. Uh-huh. You know, they don't care. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So yeah. you received the Lord when you were young, and so what was life like for you through those uh, grade school years, junior high years, as far as your relationship with the Lord? Did you grow, or was it kind of a stagnant situation for you? Yeah, you know, um, really, we were in church all the time. You know, those were the days when you went to church Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. You know, we were always in church. My mom was a real leader in the church, and so we were at everything. So church was like, you know, a second home, and 
you know, I had relationship with my dad. I didn't see him that much. So one great thing about the church is I felt like I had all these dads. I had Mm -hmm. all these older brothers and sisters in the church who were like my family. I really think that's what God intended for the church is to be this family. We should be like a family. Sometimes families have problems. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's great times in families. And that's just like natural family is like the church. And and that's how church was for me growing up. I grew up at By His Word Christian Center in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And my mom still attends there, still close to the pastors and, and church family there. I remember sweeping the church the day before it opened. I think I was seven or eight years old, getting ready, you know, on that Saturday. And, and and it's just a testimony of the faithfulness of God you were talking about earlier as the show began, of how that church is still going today and the lives it's impacting. And uh, so appreciate the pastors there, Jan and Sue Butler. Um, but so then as a teenager, I went to summer camp. I am a firm believer in summer camp, and I send my own kids now to summer camp um, because when I was a junior higher, I was in eighth grade. I was getting ready to go into ninth grade that fall. At camp, I really made a decision. God, I want to live fully for you, sold out. I want to be on fire. That was a big term when mm-hmm. I was a young person. And um, so I really set that in my heart. And I feel like God really touched my life at that summer camp. I'd always, I've been in church, obviously, like I had just said, but there was something different that happened to me, a real marking in the sand that God did. And so going to into high school that year, I really said, God, I, I don't care. You know, I, I don't care about the popularity. I don't care. You know, I just had that feeling of I want to live sold out for you. So I really went in. I joined. There was a Bible club that was going. And so I was a part of that. And I, I really I was nervous about forsaking friendships. And God, um, the cool thing about that is that God provided friends in those high school years. And I eventually, as a sophomore, I took over that Bible club. You know, there's a thing called See You at the Pole that happens mm-hmm. in September's in, Sept- in the month of September, and it just happened, and it just made me think about how there were two times at See You at the Pole where actually um, the news, uh, it was like on a local news broadcast, that came and did a story on our group because there were 100 kids who showed up for See You at the Pole, and I was bold. I got in the middle of that <laughs> circle, and I led people in a salvation prayer. I don't, I don't know why I did that, but I did. And um, so just great memories of when I said yes to God and how he, how he worked in my life. And to say I became senior class president, I was a daffodil princess, Chuck. Hey, Do you know hey. what? I mean, that is a claim to fame. Well, for those who don't know, what is a daffodil princess? Okay. I have people give me a, such a hard time about this, but I do have a crown. I still have the crown and the big yellow dress. Um, in the Pierce County area it, for high school senior girls, um, you can try out. So I tried out with, you know, 50 girls at my school tried out, and I became the daffodil princess for Wilson High School. And then out of that, they pick a queen. Uh-huh. I was second runner up to the queen. There you go. Um, yeah, but um, that was in 1995. And, and that still goes today. I mean, you would see in the Pierce County area, they have a daffodil uh, parade and a princess from the different high schools. So just great memories there. Yeah. Out of high school, then what? Yeah, then I went to Tacoma Community College for a f- few years. Um, and then I went transferred to PLU, Pacific Lutheran University in the Parkland area, and went to school to be a teacher, have a degree in education, secondary education. And that's where I met my husband, mm-hmm. um, Kai. And, you know, um, through our friendship and um, things that were happening at the campus, we actually birthed a campus ministry there called The Upper Room. 
And we saw many kids come to know Jesus and and be filled with the power of the Spirit of God. And, and those were such exciting times. And it's so exciting because even today, that ministry still stills going. And uh, people call us, you know, grandma and grandpa, Did you know. Um, it's just great where you can birth something. You know, we were a ragtag group, really. But yet here years down the road to see other lives changed and transformed. And, and there's good fruit. You know, we're not a part, you know, we're a part of it um, from afar. Mm-hmm. But um, just great memories there in college. Yeah. Well, tell, so tell me about Kai. Yeah, he's a special one. Uh-huh. Yes, he <laughs> Some is. of our friends right now have been calling him peculiar. <laughs> um, he truly is a man who has been sold out. Didn't grow up as a Christian, so have different backgrounds. Grew up Hindu, actually, um, and um, really came out of a background of not knowing about Jesus or the life of Christ. And so met the Lord as a high school senior, and he just became sold out. And I think that's what drew me to him. Um, You know, he was kind of known on campus of he does not date. You know, he was going to be a bachelor to the rapture, you know. (laughs) So I think when when I kind of came on the scene, I was a transfer student, so I came in as a junior, and we started developing a friendship. I think girls were kind of like, who is this? Because Kai does not – he's not with anybody. Right, right. So – yeah, but I think that we had that commonality of the Spirit of God. We were hungry for the things of the Spirit of God, and and um, the Lord just knit our hearts together. I would have to say his eyes had to be opened. We hung out for like a year, had classes together, and then his eyes were open. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of just shows his heart. I mean, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't on the prowl. It's he was, true. He was really uh, searching for God and for His purposes. It's true. And, you know, I so appreciate my husband because we then started this campus ministry and really birthed out of his dorm room with some other friends. And um, and then we kind of transitioned into church, church pastoral ministry, you know, with college and college kids and, you know, designing internships for them. And we're based in the local church there in Tacoma at Puget Sound Christian Center. So thankful for pastors Tom and Renee Eisenhart who just took this young couple in and you know mentored us and walked walked with us, and we were on staff there for about ten years. Um, just really good times. Uh, our all of our children were born in Tacoma. We've got three kids. Uh-huh. Um, Names? Fe- yeah, Phoebe is fourteen, Asha is eleven, and Luke is ten. And they are so much fun. This is such a fun time of life. I told my fourteen year old the other day. I said, these are going to be some of our best years. I'm declaring that over your life. Mm-hmm. We were in a moment of um, consternation <laughs> when I said it. But I think there's something about that declaring, like, these are going to be awesome years mm-hmm. for you and for me as your parent, you know, as, our, as, we, are, as we parent a teenager. Because um, it's tough, Chuck. It's, it's tough. And especially, I want to say, even being in the city of Seattle, it's, it's a tough place. But yet, um, I think we got to keep fanning the flame, mm-hmm. keep fanning the flame in our young people of, you know, stand for righteousness, be the light um, in our city. Yeah. So is it tough for them being a PK? Interesting question. I, I, I'm curious what they would say mm-hmm. about it. I would, you know, we have it. Inter- I'm sorry for those of you who don't know, a PK is a preacher's <laughs> yeah. kid. Okay. That's kind of internal yeah. language there. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we have an interesting situation because we live right next door to the church. Um, so at Seattle Foursquare Church, we're so thankful. You know, the church is celebrating. It's going to be in February, 82 years here in the Seattle area. What? You know, God's so faithful in that way that this church is that longevity and 
there's been many pastors, many ups and downs over the years, but we're going on um, this month, six years of ministry there at Seattle Foursquare Church. And so, um, you know, through the time, the previous pastors had kind of bought up land around there. So there is two homes that are still there. And I'm, I'm grateful for those. So I live in a parsonage. Mm-hmm. Different living. Not everybody can say that they lived in a parsonage, but uh, that's that's our situation. I'm thankful. You know, many people would say right now we talk about housing, the incredible price of housing it is in our city. And so, um, you know, parsonage living has its pluses and minuses. Everyone knows where you live, yeah, so right. they can find you. <laughs> um, but for the most part, people are just really gracious. Um, but I'm, I'm thankful to have that home. And, and so our kids are around people all the time. You know, that when we first moved there, Kai, my husband would say, hey, come on over. My wife will make you lunch. And I'm like, what? And I'm like opening the cupboards. Lord, multiply the loaves and the fish, you know, um, so that I can serve someone lunch. Um, So I think in that way, our children are knowing what it means to be hospitable, to be open when people are in crisis. Um, But there is that balance that, you know, we try to have just um, knowing when maybe too much is too much and and trying to be sensitive you know, for them too, and have some privacy. But I feel like they they really are seeing a side of ministry that not all kids maybe see. Yeah. Well, they see they do see the ups and downs and the disappointments, and <laughs> yeah. and and really that is a part of life, isn't it? It's true. And they get and they have an opportunity to see their parents sometimes struggle through those things. Yeah. And uh, and in that comes uh, an honesty of living. It's true. It's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which can be interesting sometimes, I'm sure. Mm. Well, so tell me yeah. about, um, do you have an official role at at uh, Seattle Foursquare Church? Are you, uh, do you have an official title or mm. are you, and I don't want to say yeah. this in a bad way, are you no. just a pastor's <laughs> wife? <laughs> you know what? It's so interesting to check that you say that because there are some mornings, maybe I'm doing announcements. And I, I kind of stumble around about how do I introduce myself? And a couple of times I've said, well, I'm the pastor's wife. You know, right. what do you say? Um, I do oversee some ministries there at the church. I oversee worship and I oversee women's ministry, which I truly love. And I actually became a licensed pastor in this past year, something I'm really proud of in the sense that I felt like God had was asking me to take this next step of being licensed with our Foursquare, with our church denomination. And, um, you know, one thing I'm so thankful, too, is that Foursquare really is for every person to be a minister of the gospel, you know, not forsaking anyone, but seeing the call on on a man and a woman. And uh, I'm grateful for that. So I'm a licensed pastor. And, uh, yeah, so worship and women's. And in any way I can serve, I always say I'm the church's number one volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So um, what's the Lord uh, speaking to you these days in women's ministry and, and, and in the church itself? Uh, is, has the Lord been giving you a word as far as uh, what's going on in, in your life and in the life of the church? Yeah, I'd like to say that um, really God is empowering, I think, the church and, and I think women, um, I've really seen there has been this push, and I'm thankful to be a part of um, this new gathering called Immersion. And you can actually find it at ImmersionWomen.com, just um, focusing on women leaders and how to draw us together just in community. That's basically it, just provide community. I think sometimes ministry life, people say, can be lonely. 
I think that's true in some ways, but I think it doesn't have to be. And I find myself, if you have great people around you, people that you can really be real with and talk about things, it doesn't have to be lonely. And so I think with immersion, um, just this way of drawing women leaders together, women ministry leaders, and then um, just I really feel burdened just to bring women together. And so it's been a I think we're going on our fifth year of doing a women's retreat where we've pulled together 10 different churches around the area. And that's really exciting because, you know, not every church is a mega church mm-hmm. and not every church could maybe put on a big retreat. And so I've been so thankful to be able to partner with other churches, other leaders to say, let's do something together. And I really feel like there's been a, a new a God blessing that this new season of come together and let's not always be apart. Let's not do stuff always by ourselves, but let's come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, step back a, a second uh, for me and uh, talk about this this role as a pastor, you know, and I don't want to get way deep into the weeds as far as <laughs> women as pastors and, and leading men and all that sort of thing. You know, you know all the arguments <laughs> better than I do. Sure. How do you navigate that? Yeah, um, you know, I think this is one key for me. I I feel the call of God in my life, and I really felt it as I was even saying as a young person, as a teenager, um, and not being not shying away from who I am, but then not trying to kick the door down open. I think sometimes, no matter if you're a male or a female, if you're one who's like a bull in a china shop, like I'm just going to make my way because God called me, I think. People can be slowly offended at that. They can, you know, brush up against that. And so I just try to, God, you open the door for me. You open it. And the other thing is that I have a husband who's for me. He's, we, he really sees us as a team and he, he values the call of God on my life, just like I value the call of God on his life. So he would say, he wants me to preach and, and, and to go out and to do things probably more than I want myself to. And so I really am thankful for God in that way, um, who I have a husband who says, go for it. Yeah. Um, so I think there is something about just letting the Lord open the door for you. And, and as a woman, especially like God will, God is faithful. And there are tremendous women leaders in the body of Christ. And the thing is, I want to share something too. I think the call of God is transferable no matter in the secular business realm into the church, because there were days where I was PTA, I was in the PTA partnership at my kids' school, and I was over membership. And I got up at a meeting to talk about membership. And when I got done, people were like, whoa, never, wow, that's exciting, membership. I never saw it like that. And they were like, do you ever speak at your church? And I thought, God, how cool. I wasn't trying to do anything spectacular, but it was like people could see, wow, you can share in a group of people. It's not a big deal. The same thing at church. I love that, how wherever God's gifted us, I think it can be in the church and in the secular realm, you know, it should be a transferable gift. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, Janelle, we've got about a minute and a half left. And uh, at the beginning of the program, I shared my life verse. And periodically I ask our, my guest, has the Lord given you a, what I call a life verse? In other words, kind of a key verse in, in your, that, that's, that's, your, that's your verse from God. Is mm. there anything like mm-hmm. that? You know, and I feel sorry, Chuck, that I can't say exactly <laughs> where it would be. I mean, uh-huh. I know, but I, can, I can't reference it. It's in John. Um, and it, I feel, feel like this is from the second half of my life, that the scripture about in this world you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds so horrible, but you will have trouble. But, but thanking the Lord that he has overcome, you know, he's overcome the world. I think remembering that he is the one who overcomes through us. And I have had some heartache, some trouble, but yet through that all, 
that God is the overcomer. And, and as I lean on him, that I find strength and I can overcome things in this life because of what he's done on the cross and the work of work of the Lord. Um, thankful for that. Yeah. Thankful for Jesus. Well, it's uh, Heart of the City, and uh, with me is Janelle Martin. She's the uh, senior part of the senior pastor team at Seattle Foursquare Church. And Janelle, I want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, if you've heard this uh, story of Janelle, and uh, and if you if you would uh, maybe you're maybe you're a woman that's been struggling with your identity in in the church maybe there's been this discomfort maybe you've felt like you've been called to some sort of leadership but yet there's been some opposition we, i just encourage you to pray and seek seek god's face because he wants to develop a life of of uh, productivity uh, within you and favor you with his grace and so janelle thank you for joining me today And thank you, dear listener, for joining me on Heart of the City, and we'll talk to you again next week. God bless. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word. Call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.